Welcome to the Discover Church Podcast. We are a Christian faith community based out of Denver, Colorado. Join us this week as we bring our uncertainties to an unchanging God. If you have any questions about the sermon, please feel free to send them in. You can email them to us at hello at discoverdenver.church. Hey guys, uh, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I usually have a stool up here, so if you see me looking around, I'm going I'm, I'm going to have to stand up the whole service. So if I'm antsy, it's just because I don't have a stool to sit in. Hey, uh, I just want to say welcome. We're, we're so thankful that you chose to be here on a Sunday night. Uh, it, it's okay if I don't have one. It's probably good for me to learn to stand still for an amount of time. Uh, I want to I let you know, when you're here, we, we want to encourage you to wrestle with the faith, to ask questions. So there's going to be a number on the screen. You can text this number throughout the service. And for some of you, it is so strange to be in a place where we do what we do and we call it church and you go, it feels like karaoke. It's not karaoke. We actually believe what we're doing has power and, and that we honor God and people. But we want you to know you can ask questions. So to texting questions, and for others of you, as you're wrestling with the faith, I want you to text in questions as well, and we'll do the best we can to wrestle with those questions at the end. Um, let me tell you, we, uh, whenever Hannah, who was just up here, uh, we, when, last time we had our elders meeting, I told them, I said, I'm not really sleeping well. This is what Hannah told me. She said, there's this app called the Calm app. I don't know if you've ever heard of that app, but it is divine. Okay, this app, she said, just listen to the story called The Waterfall. I said, okay, well, I'm not, it's not going to help me fall asleep if I'm listening to a story. I turn on The Waterfall and I'm laying in bed and it's this very soothing voice that says, before we get started, I want you to imagine sinking into the mattress. And I'm going like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm laying in bed, you're already tired. And then she says, imagine the pillow engulfing the back of your head and resting I want you to tell yourself, self, it's time to rest now, right? And I'm going, if it sounds weird to you, it worked. And so I'm sitting there. All I know is I don't know where the waterfall is. I haven't got to the end of the story. I've listened to it a total of eight to nine times. And uh, I'm telling you, I know it's about a girl named Mia. And I know she's in a garage with a bike. And that's it. I don't know anything about the waterfall up until this point. So I tell you that to say this. Why don't you relax? No, I'm just kidding. I'm really glad that you're here. I really want you to tell yourself right now, now I want to be in a posture where I learn about God. Now I want to be in a posture, whatever's happened all your week, I want to be in a posture where I learn about God. We're going to jump into a new series called The Struggle is Real. And uh, I'm going to show you a clip from the movie Jumanji. And this movie, it is the new one. This movie is about four kids who get sucked into a video game. The old one, I think, sucked into a board game, but now there's no such thing as board games anymore. They're all on TV. So they get sucked into a video game, and what you're going to see is them as their avatars, the characters that they're taking on, and they're discussing their strengths and weaknesses, okay? All right, so what we're going to talk about is uh, the struggle is real, but it's worth it. The struggle is real, but it's worth it. If you can go ahead and put on this screen, the specific one that we're going to talk about is weakness, okay? The struggle is real, but it's worth it, specifically weakness. How is strength my weakness? We're going to take these big topics and apply them specifically in our relationships, uh, reply, uh, apply them in our personal life, and these topics are topics that all of us deal with. And when we talk about weakness, it's, it feels bizarre, and we don't like talking about it, but as you just saw, if Hollywood will talk about it, we will talk about it for sure. 
And unfortunately, you can't just press your shoulder and strengths and weaknesses pop up. But if you did, if you did, it would probably be thoroughly embarrassing for all of us, me included, of my own weaknesses. The list would be much longer than my strengths. And we're going to talk about that. And what, what, what is it that God is trying to do in our weakness? And how can our strength be in our weakness? As the theologian Kevin Hart just said. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for creating us the way that you did. Fearlessly and wonderfully made. And we just pray your blessing on what we talk about. Pray that you'll strengthen us to learn from you. And I ask for a time of vulnerability in this space as we accept what um, we would call our weakness and we learn to say, God, your strength is made perfect in those areas. It's a struggle, but we know it's worth it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when we take prayer requests, I hope you filled those cards out. If you, didn't, if, you, if you didn't put them in the bucket, take them to the welcome booth outside. And if it's your first time, we have a gift for you. But I just, either way, just take the cards there. But when we take a prayer request, one of the prayer requests that always comes up, well, I don't want to say always, often comes up, is I'm looking for a job. Okay, pray, I'm looking for a job, I'm about to have an interview, I need a promotion, or I'm being considered for a promotion, all those sorts of things. So in a room like this, it's inevitable if you go, how, is, how does he know I'm looking for a job? Well, one, because we read the prayer request. Two, uh, because we know like the stage of life that people are in that go to our church are either looking for a job, they're stepping out of a job, they're looking for a promotion, all those sorts of things. What's interesting when you do uh, like searches for well, whenever you find a job and you apply for a job, they ask you this question to this day, to this day, I don't quite know how to answer this question, which is not why I didn't become like a church planter so that I wouldn't have to answer these questions, but it is helpful. I don't have to answer these questions. Here's the question is, they say, tell me your strengths and tell me your weaknesses. Okay. Talk to me about your strengths. Talk to me about your weaknesses. When we talk about the strengths, it feels awkward because we need to say we're good at what they're talking about, right? If you're applying to, be, to work at the Apple store, Walter, you work at Microsoft. Let's go there. If you're applying to work at Microsoft, Walter, they're so much better than Apple, right? Uh, just because he's running the mic. He can mute me at any time. But if you're applying there and they go, tell me your strength, and he, and he doesn't talk about computers. It's going to be hard for him to get this job, Okay. If you're applying at a job where you're going to be a nanny, they say, tell me your strengths. And you don't talk about kids at all. You're probably not going to get the job. But we know that. We know to talk about strengths. The more awkward part is talking about weaknesses. They say, talk to me about your weaknesses. This is the hardest part of any job interview that I found is tell me about your weaknesses. Because you go, I don't, I don't like... I'm not good at delegating because I take everything on myself, but I can delegate. It's kind of a strength, kind of a weakness. You know, you kind of play the game where you go, this is a strength and a weakness thing. Or you go, I'm, I'm, I care too much, right? I think this is what Michael Scott said in the office. I care too much. Like this is a weakness of our, we just try to play it up. But imagine if we are honest with our weakness. Imagine if we actually said, I am good only two hours out of the day, Okay. One hour is lunch. The next hour, I'm fine. I prefer nap after that, okay? So if you were to be honest, you say, I'm good two hours. Or if you were to say this, if you were to say, 
I, I have a healthy criticism of the person above me. Mostly because I think I can do it better than they can. Right? This is a weakness. But it, at least you're being honest. Or if you say, I don't like waking up before 11 a.m. I hate it. So if we can have hours, 11 to 4, I'll be here. And that's two hours that I'm at my best. The other ones I can work with. Right? This is what we call weakness. No one's going to be honest like that about your weakness. But it is a struggle. It is a struggle. Having a weakness is a struggle. When we talk about God and we talk about jobs that God calls us to, we commonly refer this in the church setting to the calling of God on our life. And we talk about our purpose in life, right? We kind of talk about when education and experience come together and they converge and we say, what is God calling me to? What's my purpose? What are the things that I should be doing to fulfill the calling of God on my life? He flips the script. See, he doesn't talk in, in ways of tell me your strengths. He actually, throughout scripture, is a God who says, show me your weakness. Show me your weakness. Don't mask it. Don't act like you're not vulnerable. Show me your weakness. Because what he says is, my power is made perfect. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Show me your weakness is the way that God actually takes up our resume. Show me your weakness. In fact, you can talk about Moses. So we can talk about when Moses is before the burning bush and he says, I don't speak well. And God says, who made the mouth, right? Well, if you're talking to God, it's, it's a very obvious answer, but God doesn't fix the problem. He just goes ahead and uses Moses in spite of his weakness. His weakness, his weakness. So when we talk about the struggle of life. We all have weaknesses. And if I could push a button right here and it pops up, we go, how did you become a pastor? Look at the list of weaknesses, strengths, none. It would be like reverse of the rock, right? And when we talk this way, it's okay to talk in general, uh, generally, but then when we get specific and say, no, no, this is actually how the purpose of God works over our lives. God is a God who lovingly calls us forward and says, your weaknesses. What are your weaknesses? My strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. And I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's absolutely amazing when I think about my life and I think about my strengths and weaknesses. And when I think about standing before God and if he were to say, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, when I say weakness, I'm not talking about incompetence. I'm not talking about just being bad at something. That's incompetence, Okay. If you are Benji and you're good at everything else, but we already said you're not good at worship. So if, if you're Benji and you're like, I want to be on the worship team, and we go, but you can't, like you can't even strum a guitar. And like you, it just gets stuck on the strings. We don't know what happens, but the hand gets stuck on the strings. That's called incompetence. That's just being bad at something, okay? That's not what I mean when I say weakness. When I say weakness, I'm talking things out of your control. I'm talking about sicknesses possibly past. We're talking about current situations and circumstances. Maybe God is actually telling you, you have to have a relationship with your neighbor and you do not like your neighbor. Maybe you go, I don't even know how to speak the same language. Literally the same, like they speak a different language than I speak. I don't know how to, maybe God's telling you that you have to learn how to love your neighbor. Maybe God's telling you, hey, when it comes to church, I want you to give it a shot consistently on a regular basis. I want you to serve. And you go, no, I'm, I'm too weak to serve. I'm talking about things out of your control. 
that God's calling you to and you go, I don't have the capacity. I don't feel like I can do that. That's what I mean by weakness. Weakness, weakness. That's weakness. Incompetence, we hope that you grow in skills and those sort of things, but weakness is something out of your control that you actually cannot fix. You follow me? That's weakness. The struggle gets real when you start to pursue God and he starts to ask you to do things by way of reading his scripture, talking to people in the church, seeing the needs. One of the easiest ways to get plugged into the mission of God is just open your eyes around you and you see the needs around you and God calls you. He's, he, you, you actually feel this drawing, this affection and this passion to do something about the injustices around you, to do something about the person next to you, to help them. And, and you go, I, I'm not able to because of fill in the blank. That's your weakness. That's your weakness. So we're talking about the struggle is real weakness. Paul the people God uses are, um, should give us hope. Uh, Paul is, used to be called Saul. And Paul did not just persecute Christians, by the way, when he was Saul. Paul wrote a good portion of the New Testament. And his, his conversion into Christianity was radical. And one of the things that, that he was doing was not just persecuting. He was actually killing Christians. Like, if Paul came up these stairs, we would say, I don't know, run. <laughs> I don't know what to do. That's, Paul's here and he has swords and he's trying to kill us. And this was, he was like a terrorist in that way. Uh, towards the way, the, the Christian church early on would call themselves the way and he would persecute the way until he encountered Jesus. When he encountered Jesus, he wrote these letters. And one of these letters I want to read to you is out of 2 Corinthians, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go ahead and start reading this where Paul is talking about um, what he does his boasting in. Now, let me tell you why he's doing this. He, he's talking this way because Paul is, is saying what there is to boast in is not our strength. What there is to boast in is our weakness. But he sets the parameters of that by actually kind of like boasting at how cool and awesome he is only to then turn it around on us. Watch this. He says this boasting, this is in 2 Corinthians 12, this boasting will do no good. So there's, there's like, there's people who are trying to undercut Paul's authority and they're questioning him and they're saying, he has no authority. Why are you listening to Paul? He's teaching a weird gospel and they're boasting about their spirituality. And so then Paul goes on and says, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up, caught up in the third heaven 14 years ago. And you go, what's the third heaven? I don't know. Let's keep reading. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I do not know. Only God knows. So he, he had this experience, this bizarre, strange experience. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside of my body. But I do not, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, thing no human is allowed to tell. So once you know, most of the time when we hear someone talking this way, we go, this person's crazy, okay? We go, the third heaven, there's, okay, th this person's, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. The next question is, what were you on? Not whether you were in your body or out of your body, what were you taking at the time, right? That's the question we ask in Denver. Paul is talking specifically about these revelations from God in a very real way. Very real way, he's so close to God. God showed him things he can't speak of. I don't know if God's ever showed you things. I don't know if you ever had a revelation in your heart so dear to you, you almost can't even speak of it. 
It's so profound to you. You don't even know who to tell, why you would tell. It just changed you. Paul's saying, no, this has happened to him. That experience is worth boasting about. Okay? Probably. But I'm not going to do it which he already did. It's kind of like it's kind of like a humble brag, right? I'm not going to tell you about the time I gave like 20 bucks to the homeless guy. It is worth boasting about. I'm just not going to talk about it right now, okay? This is what he just did. I will boast only I will boast only about my weaknesses. I will boast only about my weaknesses. Let's keep going. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling you the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, a man who actually has the credentials to go on boasting. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. I was given a weakness. I was actually given a weakness. I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Now, let me, let me hit pause real quick. We don't know what this is. We actually are not sure what the thorn in the flesh is. Commentators say it could be his eyesight. We know that Paul had pretty bad eyesight. He wrote about this. Um, he, he's written about this before. People have written about him um, having this. He wasn't even, even able to write his own letters except for one. And even in that one, he says, look, at what big, uh, look how big of the words are I'm writing this to you um, because he had poor eyesight. So they said that could have been it. Some commentators think it could have been a relationship that God told him, you must stay in relationship with that person. You are not allowed to leave that person. I'll give you patience, but you have to stay. Which, if that's the case, to call them a messenger from Satan is the ultimate diss, okay? But it could have been, it could have been that. It could have been something, it could have been an issue of sin. Some commentators said it could have actually been Paul wrestled with a, with a particular issue of sin that he, that was a weakness of his that, that he wrestled with and wrestled with and wrestled with. And some passages that lend themselves to that is, I do the things I don't want to do, the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Um, and so, so we don't know what that is. All we know is it's a weakness. It's out of his control. He prayed three times and God didn't take it away. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. I don't know about you, but when I have a weakness that's evident to me, I pray like three times a day for this thing to go away. And he goes three different times I prayed and he didn't take it away. And that was it for Paul. That was it. The struggle's real. He had a weakness. He prayed three times. I guess that means it's real. He prayed three times and it didn't get taken away. Each time he said, each time this is what God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that strange? And it's so strange that God's power, God's power works best in weakness. So here's the question that I ask. Let's go with this question. Without a weakness, is it possible for God to be at work in and through your life? Without a weakness, is it possible for God to be at work in and through your life? So many situations are out of your control. Circumstances, actually sicknesses and illnesses are out of your control. And the question is, when you have a weakness and it's evident to you, you go, I wish I was stronger in this area. I wish I could do more in this area. There's a weakness. There's something that's there. 
When you have that weakness, do you have the type of faith and stability to say, okay, God, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask three times or more. You can ask however many times. But if God chooses in his sovereignty not to take that away, let's say that thing stays. Let's say the thing that you're dealing with right now, the circumstance you're dealing with, the family uh, that you feel like is falling apart, the friendship that you feel like you're called to, the sickness that you have to bear, let's say that thing stays and the situation doesn't change. Do you think in those moments you'd be able to expect God will be strong? Do you think in those moments you'd be able to say, God's strength, I have faith that God's strength will be made perfect in this time? Because the gap between where you say, this is where I want to, like this is where I'm hoping to be, okay? Like the, that my weakness is no more. And, um, and this is where I am. That gap, the way I read this is that that's where God's strength is most at work. That's where strength is most at work. I want to tell you in my life personally, I noticed like to have a weakness that I just prayed and prayed and prayed God would take away and he just didn't take away. I don't know why. I, I prayed more than three times and he didn't take it away. Uh, it was when I was in Bible college, I doubted the faith so severely, I didn't even consider myself Christian. And, um, but it wasn't just doubting. It was like, it wasn't just asking questions or a crisis of faith. It was like a serious, I, God, I, I am asking, I remember crying out to God, God, I need you to take these doubts away, these questions away. Because they're, they're like driving me crazy. I remember going to the doctor and asking the doctor, please find something wrong with me, okay? Because I need you to tell me my thyroid level's off and that's why I'm depressed and that's why I'm thinking these crazy thoughts and I'm having questions. I need you to actually, I'm like telling the doctor, I need you to, I need a prescription, okay? I was one of those patients. I was banging up against the wall at the same time I'm telling the doctor, give me prescription. And the doctor said, no, no, uh, nothing's wrong with you. It took uh, my blood levels, thyroid wasn't off. I didn't even know what that means at the time. I just heard someone say, if your thyroid's off, you might, you might be unstable. So I go, oh, okay, well, maybe my thyroid's off. So all, all these sorts of things, I tried everything I could to find a remedy. And I remember praying hard, God, take these questions away, these doubts, these uncertainties. Questions about everything from how do I know God exists to is Jesus, did Jesus really rise from the dead? To questions about like relationship questions, to questions about just Christianity and life in general. All these just kept coming. And to be honest with you, I stand here even today and I go, I still wrestle with questions. I still wrestle with them. Um, in fact, I just have learned how to commit to Christ in the face of uncertainty. I still wrestle with them. I don't have everything figured out. And I don't feel like God's taking, them, taking it away. But what I do feel like God has done is to some degree, his strength has come in and said, let's draw other people who are asking questions around faith. And let's pursue Jesus together. So even today, we had a doubters club, which took place at 2.30. And then we rushed over here uh, for service. And in doubters club, we have people that think differently on many issues, but they're willing to talk about things that matter. And, and I just want to say from someone who knows God never took away that weakness, but I have seen his strength, not my strength. My strength would mean I would quit this whole thing. I've seen his strength, his strength at work in all this. I would encourage you, the area of weakness that you have lost control over, believe that God will have strength. Can you do that?
Can you believe that he has strength? It's not a Christianese answer. It's saying that God actually takes the weaknesses into consideration when he's calling us to things. I, I think it's impossible, just to answer this question for you, I think it is impossible. Um, without a weakness, we cannot see God at work in our life. Let's keep going. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about, he's, he's trying to then give his credentials whenever he's going to get into chapter 12. He's going to give his credentials as to why he, people should listen to him. So these people are going, why are you listening to Paul? So he, he writes, by the way, he probably wrote three letters to the church in Corinth. We have two. We've all but lost one. And, um, and, and the first nine chapters, it's very much like there's one point in the first nine chapters where he says, you will see the radiance of the face of God in Jesus Christ. I mean, it's like so encouraging. And then, and then he, like chapter 10 hits and then he just takes a sharp turn and he goes, I'm an apostle. <laughs> you know, like he, he goes, here are my credentials. And, and this is what he's saying because he's so frustrated that these people are trying to talk about, they're trying to boast in their strengths as if strengths make you more credible in God's sight. And he's flipping the script and he's going, no, if I was to boast, I'd boast about these things but I won't. It's actually the weakness that God uses most. So are they Hebrews? He's talking to his audience. He goes, are they Hebrews that are deceiving you? So am I. Okay. This is funny. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder. So I'm just picturing, he's not writing this, right? I'm picturing him walking around, pacing back and forth and saying, so am I, so am I. And the scribe is going like, oh my goodness, Paul is so mad, but you got to write it because Paul's then going to stop and say, I can't see you, but did you write what I said? You know, how, whatever. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's not Denver stone. This is like thrown rocks at him stone, okay? Three times I was shipwrecked. Don't ever go on a cruise with Paul. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. He didn't have the Calm app back then, but had he, he would change that. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. Okay, been hungry and thirsty. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, listen to this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Paul's going, in, in fact, all the, and I'm burdened by the churches. I'm praying for them. We know in Philippians, he actually says, I have all the affection that Jesus has for his people for you. Burdened. I would actually say part of the reason he couldn't sleep at night would be because of this. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness. He's saying I've experienced almost every type of weakness. Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger for those people. If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. Again, he's trying to show the credentials 
come from God's strength because your weakness gives room for God's strength. I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. Father, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows that I am not lying. He knows I'm not lying. You could, in your own way, say, I attend a church. I, I'm sitting here in church. I've tried to read the Bible, or I read the Bible. You know, I've prayed many times. I've done, and you can list and list and list and list. And what Paul's saying but is, but, but actually, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Sometimes, God will answer the prayer with, yes, I will take it away. Sometimes. You actually won't find Paul praying for relief in situation over churches ever when they're enduring persecution. He does pray for endurance, however. He does pray for endurance. Sometimes God will say yes. Sometimes he'll say no, and sometimes he'll say not yet. And those are pretty much the answers. Yes, no, or not yet. The answer is not up to us. How we respond to our weakness is up to us. You follow me? How you respond to the weakness that's in your life. You say, I don't know how to boast in this weakness. I'm not saying be fake. I'm just saying let's respond in a way that we have faith that maybe, just maybe, God is at work and his power is at work. Maybe that's what we're dealing with. And uh, so let me, let's talk about this, how to respond to our weakness. Something dies in us. Something dies in us. Something in us. When, if you've ever prayed for God to take something away, and he doesn't, and he says no. Which, by the way, I'm, I'm equating when God doesn't do something to him saying no, because that's often how we feel. It's as if something dies in us. And what I mean by that is our pride will oftentimes die. If you listen to God long enough and you stay with him, even when he says no, and the weakness stays with you, right? The situation doesn't go away, the circumstance, the sickness, it doesn't, that stuff doesn't change. In the middle of all that, something may die in you. You may start to have a perspective where things are different now and things are better, okay? So let me, let me tell you about this. Brennan is our, our three-year-old. She's not two anymore. When Piper, when you tell Piper no to something, if you ever see them after church, they will run up here and first question they ask is, and I want to thank the service team for this. They'll go, can we have a piece of candy? Can we please have another sucker? I go, how many? And one time I said, yes, Brennan was twirling two suckers in her mouth, right? Because that's how a three-year-old works. Yes is a yes forever. So if you tell Piper no, if I just said, Piper, no, you can't have that. It's not going to be good for you. She'll go, okay. And she'll pretty much respond that way. It's like, oh, good. If you tell Brennan no, her body clap. I'm not kidding. Her whole body just like collapses on the floor or she'll find a chair nearby and just go lay on it and just go, oh, no, no. Lie. And she just starts. It's as if when you tell Brennan no, it's as if you told her as a person no. It's as if you, you like condemned her and you said no. Because you can't have a sucker means I'm telling you as an individual, you're a bet. You'll never make it. And this is the type of response that she has. Look, we may not be three years old physically, but the way we respond to God is often like a three-year-old when he says, no, the weakness has to stay. We go, no, you're telling me no. We go, no, you're not, you're not, a, you're not like, you don't love me. You're not affirming to me. I need you to do this for me. 
And, and God's going, I'm not telling you no. I'm not telling you no. He's a good father. He's a much better dad than any dad in this room. He's not telling you no as a person. He's only for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason in his, in, in his sovereignty and the providence of God, he's saying no or not yet. The weakness has to stay. But what I do know is that kills something in us. It kills maybe a, a, a insecurity we had, a false hope. Like maybe we had this hope of this life that was going to be lived a certain way. And then situations came up and, and circumstances and we go, why aren't you fixing it? Why doesn't this person love Jesus that I thought was supposed to love Jesus by now? Why isn't our family the way I thought it was supposed to be by now? And you go on and on and on. And he goes, hey, my, my strength is made perfect. Please don't make an idol out of those things. Let the idol die. Let the idol die. Something dies in us. Here's the second thing that happens. Someone lives in us. When you have a response from God that is a no, the struggle is real. That's when the struggle happens, okay? When you talk about weakness, when you have a response from God, someone lives in us. This is when the Spirit of God helps us interpret things. The Holy Spirit helps us interpret what's going on right now, what's happening. Because I'll tell you this, Whenever you feel like there's no change happening and that God doesn't care and he's surely not intervening in the situation, one of two voices will start to go off. One would be the voice of God, which we would call the Holy Spirit in our lives, or one would be the voice of the enemy. And um, one is going to interpret one way and one's going to interpret another way. One's going to say, hey, the power of God in the situation will come forward, right? One's going to guide you in truth, put a community around you, that sort of thing. Another is going to say, God doesn't love you. You know, if God loved you, he would have changed this by now. God doesn't love you. Or maybe he loves you, but to think he would do something for you, you know what you did in the past. That's condemnation. That's the accuser. And scripture tells us there's only one accuser, and that's Satan. And if that's happening to you, I just want to encourage you, don't you have all the permission in the world from heaven? I'm not like the spokesman of heaven, but, but I'm just saying all of scripture shows us you have the permission in the world to silence that voice and to let the voice of the Holy Spirit start to interpret things from you, for you. The reason that we kind of meditate on scripture, the reason why we sing songs, the reason why we think that we would say, hey, we, we want to think about our faith so that God can do this, so that God can speak to us um, through his word. And I hope by what we just read that you're starting to realize, hey, my weakness is an opportunity for God's strength. My weakness is not God hating me. My weakness is not the enemy winning over me. My weakness is an opportunity for God's strength to be at work. Someone lives in us. And then here's the third thing. Some things change in us. Some things change in us. Things start to change. We start to have a different perspective. Um, you know, even on the worship team that you just saw up here, Jenna, who's here playing, would you guys make your way back up here, if you don't mind? Jenna, who's here playing, she has had something happen with the equilibrium, Jenna, would that be right? Yeah, so, yeah, so she woke up one day, lost all of her hearing, and has been, yeah, in one ear, yeah, uh, and has, see, she can hear what I'm saying through the other ear. But her, her depth perception of actually knowing, like, where's the sound coming from 
has not gotten any better. Their volume, being able that your body can adjust the volume of things being said, has not changed, and it's affected her whole entire body. This is someone who, for all intents and purposes, she should not be up here on the worship team playing an instrument and that would very much feel like a weakness, right? Feels like a weakness. God's power for, for her to be up here, I mean, we were praying as a team earlier, for her to be up here, God's power is being made known. That she would say, I, I will still actually worship God. Some things change in us that she's, there's actually not a situation I think you can put in front of her that's going to stop her from worshiping God. The situation gives a different perspective. Things change in us. We start to realize I can operate in my weakness because now I'm operating in God's strength. You follow me? I can operate in my weakness because then I'm operating in God's strength. Now, but what the enemy would like to do is to tell you a lie. And a lie at the right time of vulnerability really does sound like the truth, but it's not the truth. It's not. And if you ever doubt this, I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to think about the man Jesus. That historically, whatever you think about Jesus, there was a time historically where he was in a garden and he was praying and he said, God, if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Did the cup pass from him? Did he not have to go to the cross? Did he walk off and go with his disciples and live a joyful life for many more years? Not at all. Not at all. The answer from the Father was no. You must drink this cup. You must drink this cup. But guess what type of strength came through? It was like this resurrection power that we just celebrated last Sunday. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Because it accomplished so much more. In, in this gap of where God says no, his power comes rushing through. My, my fear is that what I do in my life is what you do in your life is what we've always done in our life. When we have a weakness we're dealing with, we just laser focus and we don't even, it's like 33 times a day, 90 times a day, whatever. We just pray and pray and pray and pray and just to stop and say, Holy Spirit, help me interpret. Maybe God's power is at work. Maybe my doubts are for a reason. Maybe I don't need to despise this time. Maybe my sickness is for a reason. I don't need to despise this time. Maybe things are falling apart for a reason. I don't, I'm out of control, but I don't need to despise God in the moment. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. The struggle to look good, have all the strengths of the rock, and your weakness chart says none, struggle is real. But man, I'm telling you, I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to be a church of people who are going, hey, let me tell you about how great things are and, and like all the, let me boast in all these things. I would love to be a church that says, in my weakness, look at what God did. In my weakness, look at, in our weakness as a church, look at the ministries that God started around the city. In our weaknesses as families, and when the marriages are teetering, and when the kids aren't obeying, look, look at the strength of God that came in. Look at what happened. Like, I, I'm not, listen, listen to me, I'm not capable of keeping my kids alive for the rest of their lives. I don't know how I've done it this long. Five years, I'm doing great, okay? But I hope that when they're 18, I stand before you and go, oh, in my weakness, I don't know, God just protected them, protected them. And in my weakness, he's strong. I want to be that kind of church. Go ahead, Lauren, what are the questions? So the first one is, if Paul says experiences with God are worth 
boasting about, should we boast to others about our experiences with God? When is this appropriate to do so? Yeah, so Paul, Paul is talking about if he, if he were to boast, it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek. If I were to boast in these things, I, I can because they're experiences with God, if I were to. But then in both passages he says, but I choose to boast in my weakness. So it's a tongue-in-cheek statement that he's making. If I were to be doing this, if, if boasting in God is something to be doing, uh, then it would be, I would do it, uh, but I'm not going to boast my weakness. Times where it's very appropriate to talk about our experiences with God would be always with humility. You know, for you to say, man, I had this experience with God, and I want to talk about it. I'm not sure why he's graced me this way, or I'm not sure why. Um, or for you just to do so in an environment where it's not boastful. You're not bringing it up in order to play the higher card, so to speak. That's what these other people were doing. They were boasting because they were saying, we have more authority than Paul does. So whenever you're in small group settings, those sort of things, it's, it's very appropriate to talk about your experience with God. If you're going to do it to leverage authority, it's very inappropriate to talk about your experiences with God. If I were to stand up here and say, you must listen to what I say because last night I had this dream and I leverage this thing with God, that's not at all humble. Okay, that's the first one. How do we know it's God's strength being demonstrated in our weakness? Great question. Uh, how do we know it's God's strength being demonstrated in our weakness? When we, I would say, quite frankly, when we operate out of humility, when we say, I don't know how, but this is what's happening. This is what God's doing. Operating out of humility, not being taking personal credit. And a lot of times we'll find, in spite of, our incompetence, he's still working. And in spite of our doubts, he's still working. And so um, I would say when you, when you genuinely can say from a place of humility, I don't, uh, this is what I see taking place. This is what I'm experiencing. It seems that God's strength would be at work. Thanks, Lauren. And, and I want to encourage you guys, when we're going through this series, the struggle's real. I would encourage you, if at all possible, do not skip a week because what we talk about, if we all grab a hold of this, if we, talk, if we all grab a hold and we say, let's live with these values in our lives, I, I would believe it would change everything. Imagine with me for a second if this whole church operated in God's strength, not our own, what we would be able to tell the world. What we'd be able to tell the world would be incredible. So let's pray. Father, please bless this evening. We thank you for it. Um, we pray that your grace would be with us and guide us and lead us. And in all of our areas of weakness, may we just stand before you and ask your strength to come forth. We trust that you will do these things. And for those of us who can't trust in this moment, we pray that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen.